welcome to the Understanding Projects podcast. My discussion today is with Judy Shulist. I worked with Judy a number of years ago as she was an original faculty member in the first few cohorts of the Conestoga Project Management Program. Prior to this, Judy gained extensive experience in operations, project and program management with a number of technology-based organizations. The focus of our discussion is on program management and the role of the program manager. Judy provides an overview of the key differences and some of the challenges encountered when managing a program. Here is my discussion with Judy Shulist. During the during the uh, um, your management of projects and so on, I'm sure there was at some point that you moved from perhaps managing a single project to being responsible for something called a program. And in your experience, what was the difference that you found between being, you know, kind of a single project focus to this new thing called a program? So how did, how did you find that? Okay, um, so a couple things, Dave. I went from being a project manager of a functional entity, so in my instance, software. Right. So I would be responsible for the software element of it. And that, that entails all of that stuff that we would have covered in the, the project management courses, whether it's planning or executing or closing out, all of that pertained. When I took on programs, if you can imagine that it may have been a software element, but it was the entire solution. And by that, I mean, we would have taken on the software element, the project uh, product management element of it. So the definition and the requirements, the sales end even, if there was manufacturing, the release to manufacturing and, and even issuing products. So my progression per se was progressive. Right. And really what changed was what level did your team operate at or what level or who were the members of your team? So it became a multifunctional or multidisciplined team. You had a product manager. You had somebody responsible for the accounting side of it on the business, you know, cost and profit model, the advertising. So it, it dealt with what level of minutia. I was no longer getting into the details of software minutia, but more broad at the business element. Right. So, so you moved from, from purely focused on the technology, like a pure software development solution, you know, of taking the requirements and planning and implementing a new software solution to broadening it out to all aspects of, of mm-hmm. delivery. So did you, were you, where were you in the organization at that point? Were you part of the, 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 IT or systems, probably called something else at the time, systems development, or were you part of the, the, the business department or, or, or how was your, how was your, your, your company organized there? Or where were you in the company? So 
at the at the time that I would be doing software, we were in engineering. So there okay. was software and hardware engineering, firmware development as well. So I was an engineer, but we set up these cross-functional teams. We, the organization, set up cross-functional teams. And as a program leader, um, we were kind of in a matrix organization. We became a matrix element right. and we reported directly to the executive. Of, of, in our case, the Waterloo-based company, which also included other geographies uh, who were involved. So we would, our cross-functional team, they all belonged to their various disciplines. I was matrix reporting to kind of the senior management team. Um, and we had other people with other solutions, had similar stuff. So it became a matter of now our team, my team, we had an approval body that we went to. And the big thing was, hey, we were responsible for the solution, for its cost, for its success, but we did have a final decision maker. Yes, you were allowed to spend this much money or you were allowed to use that much time. And, and, and I don't mean that in a very micromanaging way. Um, and then you prepared and presented back to them as you progressed. Yeah. Right, so, um, so a, couple of, a couple of things that come to mind from that is, how did you find, so you, you were originally in the engineering area mm -hmm. and you moved into your program manager role. You were in sort of a matrix sort of organization where you had your team members or people that worked, you know, with, for you were mm -hmm. from different functional areas of the organization. How did you find that, what was the reaction to you leading the program given you, you know, they were you know, perhaps uh, uh, somebody from the marketing person reporting to, and, it, and we'll get into whether that was a dotted line or, or, or direct line reporting relationship, but, you know, was being, you know, you were, you were, um, they were receiving direction from you at the very least, uh, somebody from, you know, the engineering area was, did you run into political issues there or how did that work going, going cross functional or matrix like that? What a great question. Really, um, because it could have it could have turned out to have been a disaster, um, and, and any project can, by the way, right. just for those same reasons. Um, I'm going to answer that with two sort of parts. In one instance, because I was on this on multiple teams, um, at a very very holistic level a big part of what I believe in is establishing roles and responsibilities and, and senior management supported it in an amazingly effective way. So we were accountable. And as long as we all knew what our accountabilities were, it became quite frankly, easy. Mm -hmm. I will be honest with you in one instance, I did actually approach somebody who I felt was fundamental to the team. Without this person on the team, um, and I wasn't sure if this person would be comfortable working with me 
in that guise. Mm -hmm. So before I, in this instance, applied for the job, I actually had a one-on-one -on -one to say, I think you're critical to the team. I know I'm not, but I would like this role. If I was to apply and get it, would you be willing to work with me? And the response was positive. And then it became a no-brainer. But right. I was totally prepared to say, I don't need this job because yeah. that person had a level of expertise and talent and experience that was fundamental to the success of that project or that project. Right. right. Um, and if he but, didn't, he or she, I can't remember which said, uh, is if if the person wasn't resistant to you, like let's say they were they were seconded onto your team, that might have turned out badly. But that's that conversation. Been, it, would been, it would have been a horrid situation because none of the programs took less than 18 months. Right. right. That's a terrible, you don't want to wake up every day and not be at least a little bit willing to work with who you're working with. Right. And it wouldn't have worked for either of us or anybody else on the team. Yeah. And it became a non-issue. Very good discussion, you know, bringing that key you know key team member key stakeholder on side and and you know yeah. like you say if, if he would if he would have said you know no i'm not sure about this that would sound like it would have affected your decision around whether you wanted to spend that 18 months doing that oh easy easy in the sense yeah. of no that wasn't going to happen the other the other is as I take on a team or a program whether it was functional or matrix or program um, one of the very first things I do is establish roles and responsibilities. And if, for example, Dave, if you were on my team, we would be in front of everybody. We would be one, understanding what the program is, and two, specifically, what area were you involved with and where did you fit? Right. And how could you contribute? And everybody kind of needed to understand that about each other. And then at the end of one of my very first meetings is kind of the project intro meeting. It's okay, now that you've heard the scoop, are you willing to stick with this, right? So to me, the big thing is understanding and then committing. Yeah, that's, um, that's huge, getting that buy-in. Yep, yeah. yeah. and yeah. you're allowed to say, you know what? Because after a two-hour meeting, if you say this really can't work for me or I need an overnight to think about it, again, it's way easier to back out and, and change that than live with it for 18 months. Like it just doesn't work for people, yes. myself included. It well, really yeah, when, when, when you're in a big program, you know, and an important, like presumably a, an important key um, uh, you know, initiative, there's going to be, there's, 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 there's going to be tough times. There, there's going oh, to be, there's going and, to there be and, and you got to know if they're on your, if they're with you, mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you don't want to find out 13 or 14 months later that, yeah, you know what, I'm really not committed. I don't have your back, you know, Judy, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of holding back. If, if that's the case, very smart to have found that out early. Uh, it, it seems to be a, a technique that worked. Yeah. 
And now, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. The other, the other thing that I would do is, hey, this is where we're responsible. And we can't, we can't point to the guy or gal that we worked with that might not be in our team and hold them responsible. It really was collectively our team. Right. The buck stopped here. Now we can push up and, and kind of push a problem towards management, but we could not push blame down. We yeah. were representing and we needed to resolve. And that's, um, I, personally, I like initiatives like that. I, 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 I think that makes for the, the best programs and projects and so on when you mm -hmm. have that mm -hmm. sort of accountability. So one question I had, I guess, um, well, more of a statement and then a question. I, I found that it is challenging when you're dealing, when you are in a program manager role, you are dealing with people of different disciplines and so on. There just is a nature of, of people and it's, it's, you know, I think it's just the nature of, of, of how we identify is that, you know, engineers, you know, they work in respect with engineers, you know, I systems yeah. people, IT developers, they work in respect you know, marketing people were, in, and, and on it goes, you know, accountants, you name your, yeah. your thing. And so one of the biggest challenges you have of your, to, to get yourself sort of um, accepted by a discipline you don't belong to, or maybe even don't even know much about, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I have a certain background, you have a certain background, but my background's not necessarily in marketing. It's not in, it's not in heavy duty, you know, engineering and so on. So, but you've got to be able to work with those people, you know, if, on a, if, if you're going to be in this type of a role. And so it takes a, a lot of interpersonal relationships, you know, psychology, uh, communication and so on to find that point where, where you, you can work together. And, and to the point where, you know, they're not, you know, so, so I think that's a key challenge and you've, you know, you're, you, you've outlined a, an approach to, to dealing with that for sure. That was, that was a technique that I used specifically with the players on the team, but I also used a technique with the management. Um, so remember I referred to it as being matrix management. I would be not having any direct reports per se Right. Um, and and stuff. And it came down to what level of authority and decision making did we have as people on the team? And I recall two different instances that were, um, you know, the idea was, hey, we had two people from one particular area. In this case, the project program included manufacturing. So we had two elements of manufacturing involved and they rightly were appropriately represented on the team they had kind of unique stuff but it came down to now if one of you two is missing and we're making decisions and you've asked somebody to represent you on you know that person to represent you you have to respect the decision they make on your behalf Right. You cannot come back and say, well, I'm back from vacation, I changed my mind, and now we have to start again. That was, you weren't allowed to do that. We were allowed not to make a decision. But if somebody, if you sent somebody on your behalf, you had to honor their decision on your behalf. Right. 
And, and I recall, so that was kind of a positive way. Always got the team players because we were making decisions. Management led us. That was going to yeah. be my next question of, yeah. did you have dotted line or, or solid line? And so just, it, I had you know, dotted line. Right. And so to, to define dotted line is, is dotted line is used where the person doesn't directly report to you. Yeah. They, they, they're reporting to you for the program, like for, for, for the program, but they're not, you know, functionally, they're not there. They're, if we went to the HR records, it would not show you as their manager Correct. and so on. And, and I've worked in that capacity before and it has challenges. It's there, there's some good side, yeah. you know, benefits, <laughs> some downsides, you know, the question I have is, is, you know, you, I'm wondering if you, were you in situations where you had your team and you had your manufacturing people there and you had your say, I don't know, maybe your marketing people or, or something. And, and let's say the two, the two sides disagreed, you know, marketing wanted to do X, you know, we got to get this product out by this date or, and, and manufacturing said, no way. Mm-hmm. You as the what did you as the program manager do in that case of, of how did you resolve that situation? Because conceivably that would come up fairly often. Um, actually, no. Okay. Strangely, it did not. Wow. And the the reason I say that is because collectively we were coming up with the plan. And so collectively we knew, so we might've had an idea as to when we need to target, but we, we put the plan together and we would establish main milestones. And once we establish those main milestones, now it's, it's execute. And, and I make it sound simple, but, but that was my reputation of being able to, once we've got a direction and once we've got a goal, it will happen. Right. And and at that point, it was a matter of monitoring, executing, problem solving. Now, the bigger challenge would be how much authority did we have in order to do that? So if there was no real redirection, and, and I say that from a management perspective, and I would say this in multiple companies, uh, where I would have had similar positions. Once you had the go to go forward, now you made it happen. Right. My big thing though was if management said, but you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to, they wanted to maybe micromanage. Right. And my response was fairly pointed in the sense of, if you're not going to give me a person on your team who can make decisions, then you come on to my team instead. Right, right. And it's like, oh, and I'm like, no, you're not gonna, you can't, you can't do this. You cannot expect us to do this for 18 months or whatever. And you come along and blindside us or change the direction on a whim. You can't do that. If you wanna be part of that game, welcome to the team and we can change people. That was a fairly short-lived conversation. <laughs> so, yeah, it really and it would, comes down we, to both well, directions. And and that must have taken a fair degree of confidence. It's easy to be intimidated, I think, especially for people new in organizations, maybe early in their career. Mm-hmm. It can be it can be difficult to, you know, respectfully 
you know, confront, and I don't mean confront in a in an adversarial in a, way, yeah. but I mean it in a, you know, offer a counter position that is well thought out and is not just saying, oh, okay, you want me to do that? Okay, I'll do that. Not, you know, to, to be able to stand up to, to somebody in a higher level of authority in your organization, that takes a lot of, you know, it takes a lot of, of courage or, or confidence, let's say. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a key attribute for sure. Uh, yeah, and it's a blessing and a curse to be able to have that because it establishes a reputation that says, hey, she can be difficult. No, I'm, yes, I can be difficult, but that doesn't make it impossible. It makes it, I'm not going to pretend there isn't an issue. Right. I think is really where it came down to. We yes. are not going to avoid issues for the sake of people's um, comfort. Right. Now, you know, so in some instances, I, of course, would have done the correct way and said, hey, we might have to duke this out behind a closed door. Right. And it's, you know, one on one. And and that would be totally, totally valid. Uh, right. In some cases, you addressed it in a much and I say a much more public or a bigger audience, but it was easy to do in the sense of, hey, we're just, you know, 30 seconds later or three minutes later, like no big deal. You just don't overlook that there's differences. Right. What What do you think that you mentioned that, you know, at one point in your, your career, you were a, a project manager managing systems releases. At some point, you were a program manager with this breadth across the organization how did what what's what 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 skills do you think were the most important or what changed for the skill what what made you successful as a you know a technical project man systems project manager versus a, a much more uh you know enterprise-wide you know program manager what 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 changed in your your your, your toolkit that you needed to draw upon um Boy, um, I think perhaps the idea that at a very, very simple level, I would be more of a generalist. Yes, I started in software, but that wasn't, it wasn't where I had this passion. Um, I'm not even a great technology person, so to speak, but I can design, I can participate in design reviews and pick out flaws. I do puzzles, right? So to me, a design review is like a puzzle. Um, going into manufacturing, well, that becomes perhaps even easier because now you have something to touch, <laughs> right? But it's because I didn't, I wasn't an expert in any one discipline. I developed more of a generalist thing and then it became, but I really did have a good sense of how to organize a project, how to plan a project, and how to make it happen. Um, and then, quite right. frankly, I was a results person. So I was assigned to programs that were either they were in trouble, we needed them to be recovered, 
and fixed. So that might be one where management would perhaps consider me, or it was too important to fail. So once they understood the breath and made the commitment that we could all go with, and you can fine tune, don't get me wrong. But yeah, I was very tenacious. I was very dogged. And I had a horrible work-life balance. So Tends to on happen. a personal level, it was not necessarily a healthy thing for me. But on a, did I love the work? Absolutely. Uh, did I sleep? Uh, maybe not so much. <laughs> I, can, I can relate to some of those things. I think tenacity, um, yeah. you know, uh, laser-like focus on, you know, the goals of the program, the objectives, the, you know, the bottom line and so on. Those are all, those are all, you know, factors. Now they do tend to lead, those are the good parts. They do tend to lead to, you know, um, life balance, you know, sleep oh. <laughs> deprivation, you know, so those are some of the things to manage, certainly for anyone going into this role. And, and I think we're far more aware, we yes. as a society are far more aware of, hey, that really isn't a good way to operate. As a retiree now, um, I've caught up on some sleep. <laughs> <laughs> You're, 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 you're changing the balance. Of, so. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I have a great admiration for people who can, who can balance work and life better than I did. Right. It's, it's important. One of it's the words, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. No, it's huge. Yeah. yeah. One of the words you said in terms of what you did was the word organize the program or, or something to that effect. And that, that's something that I've, felt as well when I was in a program manager role I felt that one of the things one of the, one of, one of the, the, the 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 things that I the skills that I brought to the table was the ability to organize what do you mean like I know you talk about roles and responsibilities which I'm absolutely agree with is that if people don't know what their role is well how, how that it's fundamental you know that oh, every, everybody knows what's in their role what's in everybody else's role and what the interfaces are, you know, that that's true. But was there other aspects to organization that, that you found was that you used was in, in the programs you're involved in? Um, I think perhaps what I would say is the, the structure or the priorities. Yeah. And by priorities, I mean, what must we do first and what can be perhaps left and how do they interrelate uh, so the big one is um, if you are dependent on something from me and you're in this functional department then how do I hand it over in a timely fashion for you to also be successful so I had the wherewithal to be able to understand a and b how do they interrelate and, you know, but pulling it all together. And yep. a big part of the cross-functional element was, I call them peer reviews. And by that, I mean, as a team, even though we were, you know, you might be accounting, somebody else might be finance, uh, pardon me, uh, uh, product management, someone else might be software, someone else might be hardware. 
someone else might be the publications or the technical documentation side of it. Those five groups were all one team. Yep. We had to be comfortable that we, we all agreed that these things work together. And so we participated in each other's reviews, at least on the interface level. So yeah, product management wanted to say, in order to meet this trade show, I need these functions. Well, those functions became higher priority than something that needed to be done when the product was finally released. That would be an example of making sure that we ironed that out. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've often, and I, and I identify with that, that, you know, a lot of times, you know, again, going back to people will identify with their function. And when they're, when, when, you know, somebody from, you know, the engineering area, there will be an engineering solution. You go to a marketing person, there'll be a marketing solution. There'll be, you know, and, and again, on it goes. And part of this role, and maybe this is tied into the organization or maybe even beyond it is to get everybody to, to rise to go up a level and see themselves, you mentioned as a team and yes. saying, well, what is the business solution here? Mm-hmm. It might have nothing to do with your own discipline or your, it mm-hmm. might have marginally, or maybe your, your, your home discipline is a contributor, but you're part of this program team now. Mm-hmm. So leave, you know, kind of park your, 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 your discipline credentials at the door and let's come in as problem solvers obviously we all bring our own yeah. talents and backgrounds to it that's what makes a team uh but you're you're sort of you know rising people up a little bit and i think the program manager can facilitate that if, if they if the organization if job. yeah yeah the organization allowed for that so yes admittedly the members of the team at that level are good caliber high caliber uh tenacious people they really are um, they have to be. Right. Right. Uh, they have to be able to take messages back to their own functional group, whether right. they be a positive message or a problem, right? You just have to be able to have that. So they were empowered with an awful lot of responsibility on behalf of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've often thought, and you know, when I'm teaching content and so on, and sometimes when we're teaching you know, team organization or really program organization and roles and responsibility and communication across and so on, which is really kind of the overall organization. Sometimes it just comes across as routine of, you know, oh yeah, you do that, check the box and so on. The extreme importance of this is 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 hard to describe that your attention to this you're, 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 you know, ensuring that people can work together, they understand their roles, they, you know, the, the way decisions are made, the way they're communicated is, is fundamental to how your team works, like it leverages everything else. So, so, you know, it seems to me that's a, that's a key thing that, that you as a program manager would have done. So, and then I, I think Dave, to expand on that just a little bit is, and I'm going to use something like trade shows. So you know that you're doing trade shows and the product isn't ready to, to go out there in, in, its, in its final form. And, and approaching people to say, hey, when is a trade show and what do you want? You may not get it, but let's, let's get your little bucket list as to what you would like to be able to show at this trade show or, you know, here, 
take a month, come back to us so that we can put this all together. So that goes back to that organizational element that says, you know, we might not be doing a trade show for nine months, but we have to have a sense of what you're looking for. And, and I recall, you know, getting some resistance from, from the, the marketing product management side saying, yeah, but Judy, we don't need that yet. We don't, we don't know what we want. And my response was, if you're looking for something and if you think that you will ever need a technical person to help support you, you need to participate in this game as well. You need to be able to say, I think it's this big or this big. And that will influence what we can plan for on the other side. And, and it became quite powerful to be able to say, yeah, at some point, engineering and product management went off and did something in detail. But at least we had engineers that could talk to product management and they were available because they weren't already busy doing something else. So, you know, same as manufacturing. What do you need in order to be able to build and test this thing so that it can go out the door? Well, you have to tell us what that becomes. Yes. And it wasn't yes. arduous. It was just by previous standards, much earlier than they would ever give thought to that. Right. And, and I think if I, you know, putting myself in those situations, I, th I think there, there need to be a fair degree of trust built up. Like, you know, you know, I, I'm sure what was going through the heads of the manufacturing or product managers and so on and saying, oh, geez, you know, if I say this, Judy's going to hold me to this. And, and when I come back later, she's going to say, oh, oh, wait, you said on that date. Yep. And, and if that ever happened, that would shut down future communication. So there's, there's all That's kinds correct. of trust layered in, in this and, and integrity and, you know, sort of, um, you know, is part of this. So, so that's, the, yeah. the, there's a multifaceted layers to this for sure. And, and, and perhaps the most convincing argument for me on that one was, it's not me that you're trying to convince. I just want to make sure you've got people on reserve right. and the right talent associated with those people on reserve so that you can get what you need. And you know that they'll make it happen. Right. We all right. do, right? We can all pull something off fairly quickly, but I can't have those people allocated elsewhere as an example. Right. Um, you just, you just need to have them on reserve. And so that became fairly easy to convince, but once you've done it once, then it becomes very easy. <laughs> yes, no, those good, good techniques. So anyways, said uh, Judy, I've always found that I, I, I personally feel program man management, being a program manager is a great transition path for a project manager. So, you know, this has been a great discussion you know, thank you for sharing your experience as a program manager. And I, you know, I encourage anyone who, you know, is, is thinking of it is, is, is that this will, this will provide some insights in, into the role and, you know, and maybe uh, interest those in the future. Yeah. And I guess my closing on that one is if anybody has aspirations for leading a business or this is a wonderful opportunity to get your uh, foot in the door or to get a flavor of what are other elements of involvement because you don't need to be an expert but you need to be able to connect those dots right right yeah. very true so 
Okay, well, thanks again, and, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Okay, you take care, Dave. Thanks for listening to my discussion with Judy Shulist. Throughout the discussion, Judy described how programs differ from projects. What became apparent is how the program manager needs to work with different functional areas and be comfortable working in a matrix organization. Programs are extremely important for carrying out a company strategy and, as Judy mentioned, a very good way for project managers to move to senior management roles. If you like this series of discussions, please consider following Understanding Projects on your favorite podcast player or clicking subscribe on YouTube.